Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here with my good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. It's a Wednesday. It is September 16th, coming off a, a glorious basketball slate last night. There was a game seven. There was a game one. Lots of fun last night. Charlotte, I know you were on that. You, you only tweeted like uh, 37, 38 times during that Celtics game. So mm-hmm. I felt you weren't mm-hmm. too concerned with the outcome. Thank you. For, <laughs> yeah. Don't tweet shame me, Sal. Um, it sucked. God, I was so nervous the whole time and not in like a fun, ooh, are they going to do this way? And like, a, I'm pretty sure they're not going to do this way. And then they didn't do it. And there was that unbelievable block by Bam at the end. Yeah. And um, it was the kind of thing that kind of bummed me out because, I mean, obviously because my team lost, but also because it was such a great play and it was a fun game and I didn't enjoy it because I cared. So right. maybe the moral of the story is that like we just shouldn't ever care. Don't care about anything and you won't be upset. Oh, of course you should never care. I wish I can go back. And people tell me all the time, well, what do you what do you do with your kids? Like, I wish I can go back. I was too immature. As Dave pointed out, as we were setting up many examples of me being immature, uh, screaming oh, yeah. at celebrities for no reason on the street. But uh, there's a yes, I, I wish I could go back and say, hey, kids, this doesn't matter. Um, stay in school at least till ninth or 10th grade. But Right. The the grim reality of being a sports fan, a diehard sports fan, is you come across people who are more casual about it. Like, that mm-hmm. was fun. You know, what that was a fun game. Those people uh I cannot yeah. relate to. It is the 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 I'm I'm sad that this is where I've arrived in life because sports are supposed to be a nice little distraction to the grim reality of right. uh, of life. But the fact of the matter is. You, there are two emotions when you are when you are diehard for a team. Either um, awful, terrible angst mm-hmm. and pain from the loss, or just relief that you won. It's not you know. There's no joy left in sports for me anymore. They're just like, whoo! Thank goodness they so they, right. they won that one. On to yeah. the next one. Can yeah, I can I just terrible. jump in real quick? Uh, this is a total sidebar, but. Um, because we're running this podcast network, there's a bunch of podcasts I now have to listen to. I have to listen to that I'm not on. Uh, Dave's Minus Three with Jeff Schwartz is twice a week. I listen to that. I listen to Jerry Ferrer and Jen Piacente. Um, their waiver wired podcast twice a week. I have to listen to Lemon Pepper Parlay Club uh, podcast with TJ Hushmanzada, who will be joining us later in the hour. We're going to talk Thursday Night Football and his partner, Rob Parker. There's a bunch of these. This adds up to five or six hours. So now... I listen to these. I don't say I have to listen to them. They're good podcasts. So I'm glad there are some people who run podcast networks. They have to listen to shitty podcasts. I feel bad for them. Nonetheless, I have to open up like six hours um, to listen to these podcasts. Uh, so I need either a longer commute or a more understanding wife. So I decided to take a, a second job as a Walmart greeter in Pomona. No. So but what, I, what I've done is... <laughs> There you can listen to actually, Jim, you tip me off. I've heard about this before. Uh, producer Jim Cunningham says, listen to everybody on one and a half or two times speed. And now I'm listening. That's how I'm listening. I'm getting through these podcasts. And now the problem is now when I hear Dave talk to me on extra points, I'm like, move it along. That what, what are you doing here? You're very, very much slowed down. So if we could just try to speak in uh, 1.5, <laughs> 1.75 speed, it'll make my life uh 
less chaotic. Can we agree to that? Yeah, sure, Sal. I think done I can definitely done. make that done happen for done. you if that's exactly <laughs> what you want. That's good. It's a good example. If I start talking more accelerated, I'm going to just heighten the Gilbert Gottfried uh, feel that a lot of people <laughs> see seem to point out with me. So if I really, it's start really talking- hard to talk really fast and have anything interesting to say whatsoever because I just focus on how fast I'm talking. <laughs> it is like seven hours of listening to an auctioneer's uh, just, just, just <laughs> trading off. It's fun. Uh, anyway, sorry about that sidebar. I will say Dave did bring up uh, something last episode. He talked about America's team. He's been doing this for years, saying the Cowboys are no longer America's team. Right, Dave? You said they shouldn't automatically just because in the 70s or maybe I guess it was the 70s when it first came out that they were America's team. Is that true? I believe in meritocracy. Listen, if they earn it, so be it through their deeds and otherwise, then great. But, uh, you know, that they just get kissed into it seems lame and lazy as far as I'm concerned. I say, let's open it up. I uh, Like I said, in 2017, I decreed when Chris Long put his arm around Malcolm Jenkins that the Eagles were America's team, and then they want, went to the Super Bowl. They rode that pretty good for a couple of years. Then last year, I said, Buffalo Bills, it's time for their fan base. They show up to tailgate on Fridays, for goodness sakes. It's it, it's time for right. their pain and suffering to end. Um, and then they made the playoffs. Maybe we go, we roll it over. Buffalo Bills 2020, or is there another team that deserves I think that America's honor? team is the Browns because they were once really great and have just had, <laughs> you know, disaster after disaster. And it's not looking good to for this right. season either. So. Well, that's the thing, Charlotte. It, be, it used to be great to be America's team. Now maybe you want to be like Sweden's team, a, a yeah, country I don't that kind of has America's their shit team. together. Right. So give me Norway's team. Just the same. Dave um, put it out there to our listeners who can reach us at the extra points gang at gmail.com. That's two E's. Don't get too confused there. The extra points gang at gmail.com. We got some responses. I don't like reading these emails, but Jim Cunningham's like, no, read. I was like, no, no, Charlotte normally. Well, I don't want her getting a big head. And Jim's like, no, it's good. The interaction. So I am going to read a, a couple here uh, on the topic of America's team. Duncan Johns here writes, ah, a classic check bit, the ever-changing America team. Sorry, Sal, the only way the Cowboys are America's team is if they are the America that has failed miserably to show any leadership to get control of the pandemic. Watch them boys struggle <laughs> again to come out the other side of the playoffs. Again, sorry, mate. And I hate to just feed Dave on this one, but this year's America's team has got to be the Pittsburgh Steelers who will bounce back oh. to relevance after a season without Big Ben. Hashtag not a Steelers fan. Hashtag Am a Wilder fan. There you go. Oh. Is that is that a popular hashtag? Am a Wilder fan? We got to get that going, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the grammar on that. Just, I love it. <laughs> am a Wilder fan. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, well, Dave, there you go. There's one for you right there. Well, I've heard. I, I, I'll just weigh in here on social media. We got a good uh, deal of feedback on that. There were some shout outs to the Browns, the Jets for the joke, basically, like who else makes more sense given this garbage year mm -hmm. where, you know, they point out the, the, you know, right. insert in, embarrassing and painful team. Um, the overwhelming votes though, went to the Jacksonville Jaguars what? team Minshew. People are all about that team, but I think we better, we better slow our roll there. That was a no. nice win they had right. on Sunday. But we're just setting ourselves up for disappointment. They're not going to be good all season long. I like the spirit behind it, though. Yeah. I am so firmly Team Minshew. I, I am embarrassed to say how <laughs> excited I was when I met Gardner Minshew. I like, I, I freaked out a little bit. I chugged a beer before I met. 
gardener because I was like, I'm going to totally like I need to be chill here. And shockingly narrator, she wasn't. Um, But (laughs) it was I think he's I think he's got it. I think he just keeps getting written off again and again. And I think that I, I'm with that. I like that. The Jags are America's team. Let's go. No, you've got to do There has to be some winning, some sort of some promise a little bit. Right. Hope. What's, no? not, to, what's not promising about Minshew? He oh. did something no quarterback has ever done before, which was a combination of He's stats a, that I can't remember, the, but he did it. Great. <laughs> what's weird about Minshew for real and and obviously he's easy to like it's funny though because everybody's getting on board with uh, the fight Minshews and he is uh, the the organization regards him as a right. placeholder they're like just just stink enough so that we can get a different quarterback in here would you please I mean that's kind of the like- vibe of it I, I I like the idea of it I don't think we can do it I don't think I don't think that can be America's team Unless we want to do the 2020 weird year embrace of a Florida man. They can't be America's team. There has to be some kind of history behind it. Some kind of something. It can't be basically an expansion team, which is where we are coming with Jaguars here. This is a team that was brave enough to serve teal colored burger, Sal. I don't Uh, know what's not historic about that. All right. Well, I didn't know about that. I'm sorry. All right. let Let me change my thinking. I'm going to throw in. You know what? I'm going to say my official vote for this is and th- not born of laziness. I'm just rolling it over from last year. It's it's Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Their fan base deserves it. Who suffered more? I mean, I that philosophical debate kind of like the LA Clippers <clears throat> fan, like do you just want to be hot garbage <clears throat> a month into every season and you just know like ah what else is new or do you want to be set up maybe <clears throat> maybe this is finally we're going to get a nope heartbreaking again, you know? And I think that's what the Bills fans have been through. And also they Mm. stand to take down the evil empire who can't get behind that. If the Bills can vanquish the Patriots in that division, I guess that's that's something I think all of America, I don't know about how like their most notable fans are purposely concussing themselves in the parking lot. How that that weighs into the equation, uh, jumping through tables, but maybe, maybe that is more American, uh, than anything else. Um, one more email from, uh, Tim Killing, he wrote to us at the extra points gang at gmail.com. So Dave declares himself an expert on uniforms, gives himself a nickname, and hires someone to write his own intro song. Is that all it takes to get a bad bit on your show? Oh, and you have to have bad takes on everything. More Jim Cunningham, less Dave. Whoa, I don't know. I don't know if uh, this is a popular, uh, more Jim Cunningham, less Dave. But um, yeah, we did the take on the uniforms. I have to say, uh, Charlotte, people were overwhelmingly against us. I don't want to read all the emails. Um, Dave loved the Rams and Chargers uniforms, at least approved of them. And we had uh, issues with them. Charlotte actually yawned throughout the whole thing. But um, <clears throat> wait, people like them? Like the like people like the minority? them? It was mostly Rams and Chargers fans saying, "Oh, back off! These are good uniforms." But uh, I, I was surprised to see that Dave um, kind of matched our audience in terms of what wow. they were thinking. Yeah. It makes me question. Yeah, you two, you two need this stick to sports, <laughs> is what it sounds like to me. Okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with sports. Uh, <laughs> NBA, as I mentioned, Charlotte Celtics are down one nothing now to the Heat. That proves that's going to be an exciting series. Uh, not more importantly, but more baffling, the Clippers lost to Denver. They were up three games to one. They blew it. Uh, the NBA has a slight problem on their hands if it ends up being Denver, Miami in the finals. I think they're already going to have trouble competing here. On the other hand, Dave, I think we talked about it. Lakers, 
Celtics, great matchup. Lots of history, lots of storylines. Lakers, Heat, nice LeBron, old franchise, the decision. You got all that going. But I have a feeling Adam Silver is going to, I don't know, Nicole Jokic could end up uh, fed to the Gators at some point. And we're going to be like, oh, I don't know what happened there because that's a that's a big risk for the NBA right now. Yeah, but the quandary of it is, yes, the name brand that is the Lakers, the name brand that is the Celtics, and, you know, LeBron James, the biggest star. Um, the thing that offsets it, though, is that the Nuggets are just so delightful to watch, and it really is because of Joker more than anything else, all due respect to, to Murray and beyond. But he is... I, his body type alone, yeah. he looks like Greg Ostertag, but good. If you remember sure. Greg Ostertag. Yeah, it's it, it's um, it's hard to make sense of. But I, I as far as the Clippers go, one of my longstanding theories is, you know, curse of Madden and all these other things. The legitimate curse, and I've talked to professional athletes about this at great length, is the curse of Sposta. There's nothing worse than being the team that's supposed to win. You know, that is that is pressure and when you already have blown a 3-1 lead and now you're on the cusp of being out of the playoffs mm. that pressure and you could feel it I mean legitimately these are multi-millionaire professional athletes but Paul George was not impervious to it nor were any of his teammates you could feel the crushing uh weight of we're supposed to be the team that wins right. and the Nugs were free and easy no one thought they should be there mm -hmm. and you saw how that played out there and I think that same effect applies here as they go up against the Lakers. Are you mispronouncing the Heat coach's name Sposta? You know, it's Spolstra. I, I can't tell if you're going out of your way to Spolstra. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, I, I'm sorry. I have weird weird accent. I'm it's cuz I'm talking so fast. I'm talking That's one true. and a half. Okay, time. thank you. I yeah. appreciate you accommodating me though. Uh Charlotte, the, the thing that bugs me about this is people are saying like, "Oh, the Clippers they didn't want to be in the bubble." Yeah, it showed. They didn't want to be. They were one of the teams that voted to end the season early. It's like what is anyone talking about? They were up three games to one in this series. And in games five, six, and seven, they had double digit leads in all of these games. And so at what point did they flip the switch and say, oh yeah, yeah I forgot. We don't want to be here. Uh, let, let's, uh, let's dog it. Let's score 33 points in the second half. That doesn't seem to make sense. No, I don't think it does. I also think that that's really unfair to the Nuggets because yeah. I, I do think that, yeah, this is the Clippers fall apart. Um, but I think it's also a story of the Nuggets' success. Like, they played so well. They did what they had to do. They executed plays. Jamal Murray, still incredible. Jokic, still incredible. And to me, the Clippers the Clippers kind of did this to themselves. I mean, you know, talking about the curse of Sposta as Davis, which I think is very real, I think that I think they're the reason they had that curse. Like, if you've got if you have Paul George going out there saying I'm playoff P, you know, and then making this whole big deal about yeah. like, oh, the secret way that Kawhi got me to come to the Clippers because I'm such a superstar and he's such a superstar and we're going to be great. I mean, it goes back a little bit to what I said on Monday about about leadership. I mean, this is the third. This is the third lead that Doc Rivers is up has blown when his team is up three is three mm -hmm. something three, two, three, yeah. one. Like this is a pattern. This is not excusable anymore. And you got to wonder like, what is this guy not doing? And what is his team? What is the culture where you can develop this sort of like entitlement? I think to, to success that hasn't been proven. Like if you haven't proven it, how can you say, yeah. oh, we're supposed it's supposed to be us versus the Lakers? Like I I mean, yeah, there's some value to being the underdog, but it's also like 
there is value in not setting yourself up for right. total failure. Right. The overcorrection that we hear all the time now. No team in a quarter century in any major sport has won a championship without the benefit of no one outside that locker room believing in them. This is this is the jive that they attempt to convince themselves of. We're the only, we just believe in ourselves. No one else believes in us. Yeah, hey, uh, Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady, I think some people maybe picked you guys to win the Super Bowl right, Patriots. Right. Like that, that nonsense gets out of hand. But yes, that there's something in the middle of not doing what LeBron did when he arrived in Miami. Not one, not three, not four. Like, don't do that, Paul George. Don't put the target on your back like that. You're only adding pressure to yourself. How about put the target by the rim somewhere and not on the side of the backboard? <laughs> I mean, that, the shooting... By the way, I, I cashed in on the under, the under 207. Uh, like I said, Clippers scored 33 points in the second half. That was nice. I needed to slow down a little. But now that's four game sevens this year where the under has hit. Um, do we think... LeBron's annoyed or pleased that the Clippers are out. I mean, this was his chance to vanquish the Clippers and be like, we're number one in LA. He's older next year. You know, the odds of them meeting up in the conference finals is less and less as the years go on and he gets older and older. Um, what do you guys think? Or does it matter? He's just, I mean, if you interviewed him, I'm sure he'd say we're just focused on the task at hand and Denver is the opponent, but deep down, he's probably a little bummed, right? That he couldn't, couldn't um, oust the Clippers himself. Oh, yeah. I think he's probably deeply annoyed. I would be pissed if I were LeBron. I'd be mm. like, this could have been an epic series. This could have been two L.A. teams. I mean, the narrative is so great. You have Kawhi, who won last year. Yeah. You have people who are saying, oh, well, Kawhi is just as good as LeBron, which I do not think is true. But I mean, and I th and I'm a big Kawhi person. Like, I think he's been incredible. But like, you can't lose that game. If you're going to have a legacy like LeBron's, you don't lose that game seven to the Nuggets. And mm -hmm. so I think that there's something way less sexy about <laughs> playing the Nuggets as opposed to playing the Clippers sure. with all the history there. And uh, the Nuggets, there's something really endearingly goofy about them. And I think that now the Lakers narrative isn't LeBron and his final chance against, you know, a really slick team that could actually do it. It's like against the Muppets, you know, like the the, right. the Nuggets are the successful Muppets of the NBA, and it's not as satisfying to beat that, I don't think. Uh, if we can get Denver Muppets, uh, hashtag Denver Muppets trending, uh, that might, I'm sorry, no offense, be even more popular than hashtag I am a Wilder fan or whatever our guy said. And I am a Wilder fan. I am a Wilder fan, you're right, sorry. Yeah. I screwed up. Listen, if we can get, if we can make uh, Denver Muppets a thing, I'm, in, I'm yeah. into All it. Right. Denver Muppets. It's all Charlotte's. Um, yeah, Dave, it's where I, I will say Lou Williams automatically becomes my favorite player in the NBA if he has a picture of himself today in that strip club eating chicken wings on his way out of the bubble, <laughs> passing through Atlanta. <laughs> but, you know, I don't care. I don't know how much it means to Lou Williams to be my favorite player, but there's um, it's inspiring, uh, I hope, to uh, just get it done, though. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I support that. That's a good call. Yeah, that's the image uh, of uh, of the bubble 2020. I don't know. You know, obviously, I'm sure LeBron is most concerned about uh, the matchups. But to perpetuate my own uh, little created narrative here, I bet that LeBron's thinking at least Paul George and Kawhi carry the burden of expectation as well. Again, right. it's got to be scary when it, when LeBron feels like once again, he's in that position of. Man, 
everybody thinks we, we have to vanquish this team and this other team's going to come in nice and breezy. Nobody expects them to do anything, including themselves. That's a scary spot. And pr- more practically, Joker, uh, Joker <laughs> is a tough matchup. And I guess you can spell him with Anthony Davis, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch how that X and O match. Yeah, works I out. like Joker, too. If we can get that boy, we have a lot Joker, of things to right. get trending there. Joker, Denver. Big Muppets. egg. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking now, sorry, the Lakers now, you know, they, they and the Clippers jump back and forth as co-favorites to win the NBA championship. Well, now that's no longer the case. Um, minus 160 Lakers, a favorite to win this, uh, whole thing there Friday, they're a six and a half point favorite over on there's two twelve according to our friends at FanDuel and, uh, yeah, I, I think it is what it is with them. Are they going to win five or six? I think it's right there, five or six. Boy, so game two is Sunday. Game two, Sunday night, you have Lakers Nuggets, you have Seahawks Patriots, and you have the Emmys hosted by my cousin. Yes, we're cousins, Jimmy Kimmel. That's a lot. That's going to be a lot to digest um, come Sunday. You guys are going to have to buy. Uh, Jim, buy these guys an extra couple of TVs and send them that way, all right? Please, we I need, need more screens. We need, we need to cover this. You got that, Jim? I don't know. If also, on one yeah. more thing about um, Jokic is my friend uh, Seth Rosenthal, who I used to work with at SB Nation. He tweeted last year that it looks like he's always um, Jokic is always playing in flip flops. Yeah, <laughs> and I can't unsee it. Anytime I watch him play, it's like so good. Right, there is a Ray <laughs> element to it, Damage. Right, Charlotte. We used to play basketball with a guy. Uh, well, a guy is more of a. Um, uh, uh, a chimpanzee named Ray and he would, um, yeah, he'd, he'd come in flip flops and then uh, sometimes the flip flops would be gone and he would just play barefoot. And Dave and I often, uh, appeared teamed with him to our detriment. He was better than the two of us, but, um, th- didn't even acknowledge us except for when he was h- covering yeah, our orifices. Yeah. With his hands. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. In fact, there it's funny because the flip-flops aside, these two people have nothing in common. We would play on we would play three on three every Saturday, every week of the year, um, uh, on this blue top. And uh Ray, million dollar body, 10 cent head, I always said. Like Bo Jackson, Bo Jackson physique really like never lifted a weight or right. anything, would be sometimes would play with a beer in his hand, which was which was offensive that he would do yeah. that. But Cigarette, yes, whereas Jokic Jokic, who, uh, again, has not lifted a weight, so I guess they have that in common, too, mm-hmm. shared the ball, shares the ball to a fault. Right. Uh, Ray never passed it. He set a pick. He, he sets picks. He's, yeah. he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys who would be surrounded by three foes. He would launch it from 23 feet with Sal and I standing under the basket, waving our arms. He would airball it and then declare, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was never in question whose bad it was. <laughs> Right, oh, that wasn't a bad debate, yeah. Ray. It's your bad. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Good. Yeah. Tie your flip flops and let's get uh, let's get going. <laughs> Next possession. Uh, all right, Charlotte. We hit on it a little at the top. Celtics Heat. Boy, that seems like it's going to be a a very a, a high energy series. A good back and forth. Good matchups. Uh, it's weird because Tatum. I thought last possession. I don't know why they screwed around there in regulation. Um, they had the, they were up four with like a minute left and then it was tied. And then Tatum has the ball and can't even get like a shot off basically. And then at the end of, uh, the overtime, he gets blocked, as you said, by bam at a bio and boy, everybody's saying like, even magic Johnson, I know he has to get the exclamation points in there. It's like, 
greatest block in playoff history? Really? Akeem Olajuwon? I'm just trying to think like uh, David Robinson, Tim Duncan. There's nobody... Even uh, LeBron, I yes. guess. yeah, LeBron, right? The who who did he? The Iguodala, Golden thing. State, yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. yeah I, I just, I, I get it. I get to be in be in the moment. It's exciting, but um, I, maybe we'll do a little research before uh before we say anything like that. But nonetheless, it was pretty phenomenal. And uh, like I said, high level action. Game two Thursday, two and a half. Uh, your Celtics, Charlotte, two and a half point favorite, 208 and a half is the over under. And then game three is Saturday. So game two, I don't know why I'm so consumed with this matchups and ratings and stuff. When I grew up, I didn't give a crap about any of this, but now I'm like, okay, Celtics are up against the Thursday night game. And I just know people close to me in my life are going to make a big deal out of football winning that, but whatever. Uh, I'll watch both. I'm sure you guys will too. (laughs) Well, I, I think I've made a big deal out of it because it's it directly impacts how yeah. I do my job. You know, like I have never being a sports, you know, I don't even know what my job title is, but like being someone who talks about sports. I think you're a you sports ha- Muppet. No, I don't know. <laughs> sports <laughs> Muppet. <laughs> I look a little bit like a Muppet right now. Um, yeah, I think that as someone whose job requires watching sports and then figuring out what I'm going to say about them, it mm. really matters when they are and that I see them happen. And it becomes very difficult. Like, I truly hope to God we never have a year where the NBA playoffs are going up against the beginning of the NFL season because it has been, yeah, it's, too it's much. been like drinking from a fire hose and like, yeah. I'm so grateful. I love it. I'm so glad we have it, but I do feel like my head is just on a constant. Dave warned swivel, us. Swivel? It's a swivel. Yeah, I think, but Dave warned us against complaining. Um, but yeah, when, when you do have to, when you make an outline about what to talk about the next day, it becomes very uh, convoluted. I, I find it such a weird 21st century phenomenon that the average sports fan gives a crap about the television rating right, as much as people seem to do. And, and as you've just brought up here, it's, I guess, different for you, Charlotte, and those of us. Uh, it, but the, the random like, oh, uh, Milwaukee and like the NHL, like, oh, Dallas, that's not a high. That's going to be bad for them. Why do you care? What do you care what the ratings are? Right. Just watch the games. Al- you know? Also, what does it matter? The, these leagues aren't going away because the NFL is down 10% opening kickoff <laughs> right, night or exactly. NBA lost to, to Browns Bengals. Like, it doesn't really matter, right? Nothing really matters, I guess. Yeah, It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's also, I think it became part of the, you know, as media expanded as there are more and more outlets that people can talk about sports on as though as there are outlets that are devoted simply to covering sports media. Mm-hmm. I think fans also, I mean, if you think about it, like <laughs> unfortunately sports media people stick around longer than athletes just because our bodies don't, our brains give out, but you can mask that more easily than your body giving out. Right. And so I think that fans get um, invested and then it becomes like a, a whole thing about covering the coverage. I don't know. You ever want to know about how you can perpetuate a narrative or that, you know, a media um, heavyweights can perpetuate something and it'll just trickle down and everybody will accept it. The number one example of that, in my opinion, is who's a good offensive lineman. 
Nobody has any idea. If you're watching football, oh, yeah. you do not have a sense of whether or not the left guard is doing a great job or a or a, a horrible job. Mm. But you just hear all the time. I, I like when random people just say, like, Anthony Munoz is the best left tackle I've ever seen. Like, how do you know that he leaned good? Yeah, and, uh, yeah he leaned up on an, another 300-pound man gooder than somebody you don't have any idea you just heard people talk about that enough well i will say it's a little easier to break it down because now the pro football focus like all these they have stats like yeah, how right, many quarterback right. sacks allowed how many hits pressures all that stuff but yes they it's the same people that still talk about that probably don't have that data to back it up they're just hearing right others i love others it. discuss it so many times the same guys made the all Madden team, right? Because it was a NFC guy. It was the same. All the 49ers offensive, Harris Barton to the world. Didn't it was, you couldn't touch them because Madden liked saying Harris Barton. And, uh, you know, that, those are the games he covered. So that guy wins every year. And then <laughs> yeah. and then the offshoot of that is the cool hipster media person who points out, you know, who no one talks mm. about. It's it's very much like picking an indie band that's right. not on a major label yet. This like, is Charlotte. You know, You're describing Charlotte right, right now. The cool <laughs> that's exactly hipster yeah. media man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till I get too big and everybody turns on me, but I'm so rich that it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> Listen, we keep hitting our parlays, which we'll have one uh Friday coming off a big plus four sixty payout. Um, that could be uh that could be that. One more thing about ratings, just thank God in heaven that commercials aren't rated because if we saw Dina Menzel, I know I brought it up a million times now in the Geico commercial. And if that, if we just had to stare at that all the time, say oh, Dina Menzel is killing Jimmy Butler's uh, Hall and Oates commercial. I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Please everybody. We've discussed this before. Everyone switched to Geico so that they don't have to put out commercials anymore so that we can, we can move on. Uh, I don't imagine that everyone's, switching their car insurance every three weeks anyway, but it appears to be the case. So let's just all switch to Geico. I have no horse in the race other than I don't want to see that Adina Menzel uh, commercial anymore. Right. Am I alone? Let it go, Sal. Come on. <laughs> I can't. I took a picture of my screen. Like the, the, the Sunday ticket has the eight game box. Right. So, and like, she was in like five of the commercials out of eight at one time. It's a, it's torture. It's just me. I can't hear it without, hearing you getting mad in my head <laughs> and then I get mad and I like, it's like, it's like you cringe, you know, if someone, if you're at a dinner party and like someone brings up a topic that you know someone else is going to get yeah. really heated about and you're like, mm, I do that alone watching sports. Thank you. Because of you. So Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing, I'm guessing your house, Sal, with the three boys isn't as steeped in, um, in Disney princess lore. As my uh, house you'd be is. Surprised. Do you know? Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm not choosing who, okay. who sees what. Yeah. Of course. Way to um, stick to gender norms, Dave. Yeah. yeah no, I, I listen. I don't. I, I don't mean to do that. I have I'm many. I'm teasing you. Many, I'm teasing you. We could. Go, we we could <laughs> do uh, a month's worth of of shows uh, doing a deep dive into the pros and cons of each princess story. Let's do it. And everything. The the frozen one makes me crazy. We won't get into it here. But I mean, those parents are terrible parents. They, uh, can we can we agree on that? They like. Oh, wait, our little girl has magic powers. Let's go to a troll and see what he thinks we should do about it. <laughs> All right. And then then the conclusion is, yes, let's separate this child who's magical from the rest of the world, including her own sister, but not tell the sister why we're doing it. Just like, why can we not hang out, big sister? Like, we can't discuss it. Like, so she has self-esteem issues as a result. Like, wait, I'm not sure why. 
my sister is sequestered and why I have to play in this vast mansion alone. Then they go out and the sea takes them. It's a whole mess. I, you really, you're slaying me with that one. The, <laughs> our kid has magical powers. Let's see what this troll thinks. About. That's the story of the movie. It's a terrible picture. But why can't why can Geico see this and be like, oh, we want to run as far away from this as possible instead of uh, right. hours and hours of I read that wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. Already, get Rapunzel or get Moana. They're better anyway. Their songs are better anyhow. All right. So reach out to us at the extra points gang at gmail.com and tell us if you agree with dave that that is the worst uh worst parents uh of, of a princess in any movie i don't know you guys really got me with those ones those were i don't i don't want to feed your egos but that was pretty that was a funny little bit there there you go all right we'll take it on the road <laughs> we got charlotte's <laughs> approval <laughs> um, charlotte charlotte came within a whisker of actually me i i the unnecessary adverb that is actually that plays as an insult uh-huh. like can i tell you something Dave actually made me laugh. No, there. no, like, no. The I actually, didn't say that. I the, a, the actually is an indicator. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what? Like, hey, uh, Dave uh, actually had a not a half bad idea. Don't here. put unnecessary adverbs in my <laughs> mouth, damn it. <laughs> well, maybe though, Charlotte, it is a little insulting. Maybe you could signal us in another way than interrupting and saying that was actually funny. Maybe <laughs> some, something to indicate the fake laughter is over. This is uh, um, this is legit. I, don't know. I can't Maybe fake laugh. I can't like fake the, laugh. I don't know how. Okay, good. Anytime I laugh, I'm actually laughing. And anytime I'm not, you know you're not being Wow. Funny. All right. Okay, that's good to know. Um, hey, let's show FanDuel a little love here. Extra points, you know, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. We partnered up with them last week. They have not ditched us as of yet, which is amazing. This is, uh, like I mentioned earlier, this is now my second longest relationship, uh, aside from my poor wife. Uh, but by now... Probably heard about FanDuel Sportsbook's world-class sports betting app. FanDuel makes it easy to find and place your bets. They've got some of the best odds you'll find anywhere. And they even get your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Now, that's important. Getting paid is like one of the most important parts of gambling because you could win, 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 Dave and Charlotte. But if no one's going to write you a check at the end of the day, it's it's all for naught, right? But FanDuel, you don't have to worry about that with FanDuel. I prefer... I prefer gambling and just never getting the money that I win. Is that how it is? Well, no, yeah. no, no, no. When you're uh, when you're one for one, thousand percent in the new NFL season, you're going to want to get paid eventually. You keep racking up these wins. Lots of reasons to try FanDuel Sportsbook. Here's more. Right now, new users can place their first bet on FanDuel Sportsbook risk-free and get up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. Seriously, no strings attached. Just place any bet you want. If you win, you keep the cash. If you lose, you'll get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in site credit. Now, I've, I've discussed this on Against All Odds. I don't understand how a lot of this stuff works. Risk-free, and you get it. I don't understand, guys, how insurance works. I know how Geico insurance works. They just drive you crazy. Sorry to mention another sponsor and another sponsor's read. But if you could pay $70 a month, and then at the end of your life, your family gets $2 million when you die. That's that's kind of what we're dealing with here. I, I don't I don't understand the math. Can en- anyone help me with this? I made it to Calc too, but I don't understand this. I'm terrible yeah. at math, so sorry. I okay. can't explain that as a, as a more visual sort, though. I got to say, even if I sound like I'm shilling, I love the site because it's fun to, if you're on the app, to click into the yeah. boosted bets, the all, all those kind of things. You'll be stunned by like, 
Wow. I hadn't thought about that one. And then you find yourself uh, jumping in on that. So well done for uh, being able to seduce my eyeballs. Whoever yeah, is running it's all the, about seducing Dave's there. eyeballs. Not easy to do in this day and age. But uh, also, they have this double up promotion. Mm. Here's how the FanDuel double up works. You place a pregame money line wager. And if your team scores 35 or more points, you double your winnings. Max bonus $50 in site credit. One eligible wager Per person. Wow. A lot of lots of options. Nice options for the double up. Dave and Charlotte, my Cowboys, not because they're my Cowboys, but they're going against that Atlanta defense, which seemed to be putrid. They could put up 35. Obviously, Chiefs, Ravens. Am I missing anybody? Every week, Chiefs, Ravens could do it. No, but it's super fun. Whichever way you lean on that Falcons Cowboys game, it's remarkable. It's easy to ascribe it to live. We just had 60 minutes, plenty of time left in the season. But whoever is on the wrong end of that game is suddenly in legitimate peril. It, uh, right out of the, two weeks in, it's going to be, uh, oh no, desperation. Lots of fun time. teams, uh, lots of options of teams that could go 0 and 2. And we know that's a death now, right? We always hear 0 and 2, you can't make the playoffs. Well, no, no, only. 4% of the teams that go open to make the playoffs or something ridiculous. Anyway, fanduel.com slash extra points. Take advantage of all these uh, great offers. Um, let's talk NHL for a second. Boy, that was fun. Double overtime. Um, tossing back between the basketball game and the bas- hoops ends. Islanders are still in double overtime. Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle, they, they disappeared for the series, and they uh, came up big for the Islanders to make this three games to two. Game six, Tampa Bay minus 160 over the Islanders. Tampa Bay, not even even in the finals yet, but they are still a 130 favorite to win the cup. Uh, I like the stars at plus 135. I know, Dave, you're very precious with this hockey, but what, what happens is it's usually a screwball scenario that gets a team in. They fire their coach in December. They have like 12 wins after losing in the third period. I think eight since the bubble started some craziness uh, since they've been down um, their goalie gets hurt. This is kind of the story of a team that could come back and do it. That's going to be an exciting matchup. If it comes, I don't want to count the Islanders out just yet, but Tampa Bay Dallas would be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if you're one of the people who worries about ratings, I Mm. don't know that Dallas and Tampa Bay is exactly uh, good for the sport of hockey. Um, but, and, and I'm not a NBA is fixed truther guy. It just seems that the yin and yang of sports yields these weirdo teams in playing for the Stanley cup in hockey and the NBA, it almost always breaks, right? That's why I, 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 there's no science to it, but it is going to be Lakers and Celtics. Cause that's just the way things go in the NBA. And meantime, the NHL, like I say, it's going to be these two yeah. um, traditionless fan bases watching Stanley Cup. Ergo, I don't know that any diehard hockey. Or you have to be a diehard to to be watching those fine. But the I will say the Lightning are a legitimately dynamite, mm-hmm. super talented team. So if the Islanders knock them off. The Lightning are or the Lightning is? I don't want to get into it. And that's why you got to end it in S pro sports teams. Don't do this. But it would be, but it's Tampa Bay is. So isn't it lightning is? I, that's how I say it. That's exactly yeah, but, the, the way I break it down. So I to, would say the Patriots are, I would say. No, the lightning, the lightning. Yeah. I think when I say, well, when I say, you say New team, England is though, right? You say New I England say Boston is. is, and I say the Celtics are right. Yeah. Oh, man. Which is, makes no sense because I'm. It's the same. I'm referring to the same thing. We got 
The Celtics was embarrassed by the Heat. <laughs> that, that is Boston true. Boston was embarrassed was by that Miami, right? though. Yeah. So they can go back and forth. I will say the schedule makers didn't do. How is it that we have all this craziness Sunday and and Thursday now? We have we have the Celtics up against. Again, here I am with the ratings and stuff. But the Celtics are up against the Celt the Tampa Bay. There's a hockey game. There's the Celtics game, and then there's the football game on Thursday. And there's nothing tonight. Now I don't know how much. Why can't these schedule makers get it together and figure it out? Now I have to watch like four baseball games, uh, force it down me. But um, anyway, Thursday, things pick up again. Tampa Bay and the Islanders. That'll be fun. Uh, let's talk Thursday night football. That's obviously tomorrow. I mentioned it. Cleveland Browns, Baker's team, minus five and a half. The Cincinnati Bengals getting the points. Over-under is 43, according to our friends at FanDuel. This is an interesting one because this is one of the team. One of these teams is going to go zero and two. Not a huge surprise. Um, a huge surprise that both of them won't go zero and two. But uh, what's interesting is Joe Burrow. What they would say normally is this spread would probably be about seven or eight if they were fans because heading over. We touched on it. I think Monday, a rookie quarterback on the road, his first game, his or her first game. Let me say. Uh, not usually a winnable situation <laughs> for the rookie quarterback and Joe Burrow. But when you're going 300 miles by bus, and I don't think they're taking the bus, <laughs> going to Cleveland might be a different story. Maybe he catches them uh, by surprise. I I just, I love Joe Burrow so much that I'm probably rooting for the Bengals, which is something I never, ever, ever thought I would hear myself say. But I would definitely take the under on this one. Not like, a lot of I points. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be a real slugfest. I mean, who knows? They could they could both heat up and, and there could be very little defense played. But I for some reason, I don't I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I could see that the Browns are running the ball more. At least they should um, with Chubb and and Hunt. And as long as Burrow isn't throwing interceptions into the in the breadbasket of <laughs> defenders three yards from him, uh, not turning the ball over and giving uh, giving good field position to the Browns, maybe this does stay under the total. I think the Browns win. I'm not sure I want to lay the points. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I think that the Browns will survive this one, but it is, I mean, more stuff with Odell and Baker and Baker v. Odell on some level here. And it reminds me of the, the crapshoot that is the quarterback assessment, obviously assessing any pro, a, a college kid's ability to transfer his talent to the pro level is a crapshoot to some degree. Always remember that, though, that the analysts who you whose word you take as gospel about a quarterback or any other position is a crapshoot ultimately. And Baker Mayfield, the first overall pick, and you'll remember Sam Darnold should go. Some people thought some people thought it should be Josh Rosen. Who's the best of the bunch right now? Clear cut. It's Lamar Jackson. Nobody yeah. said he's, he should uh. be the top guy. No, no, nobody really had him at the top of that list. But I do remember talking at the day after Baker Mayfield went one to a very high profile draft analyst, a guy who everybody who, hangs who their it? hat on. And I said, why? Well, I, I, I don't uh. know what I should say, but anyway, cause it would, cause it doesn't reflect. It was well. Charlotte but, Wilder, um, just tell him <laughs> but again, it just shows, it just shows that it's a roll of the dice. But I said, really Baker Mayfield. And I, I, I guess it was, they had gotten Odell Beckham at that point. And I said, is it going to work with Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield? And he said, my experience is that, 
uh, Peacocks always will relent to the lion and Baker is a lion. Well, so, so far, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, they're, they're button heads and nobody's winning. Um, but the Browns well, think, fans are definitely losing. I think that equation. that assumes that you agree with his assessment that Odell is a peacock and Baker is a lion. And yeah. I'm not sure. Right. Not sure. Right. I'm on that train. I'm taking the Bengals. You guys, I think Joe's going to do it. I really wow. do. I think Baker's going to look like such a putz after this game. All right. Well, you definitely know. I know it's only a week two game and whatever, but. Who bears the curse of Sposta in this one? Definitely Baker. All the noise has been, I mean, people are legitimately calling for Case Mm -hmm. Keenum. It's not even, I don't even think they're half kidding. You really want Case Keenum? That's how grim it's gotten there? If that's the case, Baker understands he better play well. Let's see if he rises to the occasion more than Kawhi and company did. I think uh, I have to reluctantly take the Browns here. I don't never love them laying points, even at home, even against a rookie. But the fact that I think it's kind of a must win for them, uh, whereas, you know, they still have players on defense who are going to disrupt Joe Burrow's offense. And so I think the Browns, don't expect great, uh, great. I, I think can't I wait Charlotte's to be right. right. 27, 20, something like that right in there. Although that, no, that puts it over. All right, let's go. Let's go. 23, 17 final. Not much, not much off the spread. Not much off the over under. I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. And for, for what it matters, I, I I'm uh, a little skeptical about what happened two years ago as uh, analysis for what's going to happen this year. However, it does seem like the Browns in 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 the short term have played especially well on Thursday nights. They I, it at home. I know that the crowd certainly mm-hmm. has had something to do with that, but for what it's worth, they have played some of their their best uh, their best games in the last two years. Yeah. On Thursday, I'm so excited for the Bengals to win. I'm going to be so insufferable <laughs> on Friday. Yeah, you're going to be watching your Celtics. You're going to have to make a decision. I know, I know. I'm going to have to have like four screens going on. You're going to oh, get confused. So My life is so Baker hard. Mayfield's the third best quarterback in the state. If you think about it, Justin oh, Fields yeah. is better than him too. All right, joining us right now, fellow who could really sort out this Thursday night business, um, big big AFC North fan, Fox Sports football analyst, former wide receiver. He had 44 career touchdowns. And 43 letters in his last name. I think, I don't know, it's close. I don't know why he went that so far. Uh, Hey, he hosts a new podcast. It's called the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast here on the Extra Points Podcast Network with Rob Parker, TJ Hushmanzada. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you guys, man. I need to... uh figure out how to get that background like Dave, man. You got to help me out, Dave, that background. I need Dave's that background. got a background. He's got, so what do you, first of all, I could never even stretch like that, even in my twenties. What are you doing? What are you doing in that photo? You're putting the yellow, terrible towel on your foot, huh? My shoes have gotten dirty at, you know, for playing the game. I was just cleaning them up. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? Chemo came and cleaned some stuff up in January, uh, too, didn't he? Yeah, he, cheated. he cheated us. You cheated yourself. You cheated your team, Hoosh. You jinxed them before the game was ever played. It was settled because you did that to the terrible. I was the only guy on offense that would go back at the Steelers when we played them. The only guy we had on offense that wasn't intimidated that would go back at them. So it was like, you know, the guys would play, but they wouldn't go back at them uh, verbally and aggressively as I would. So for me, it was fun. Was that the team you hated the most, but love <laughs> love love playing, or was there somebody else? No, it, it was the Steelers. It was because they always beat us, and 
They yeah. they they talked while they were doing it, especially the guys on defense. Like we'd go back and forth with the Steelers when I was there, back and forth with the Ravens. But the Ravens, they didn't really talk trash. But I would mm-hmm. say the entire Steelers defense, minus uh, I didn't really deal with the defensive linemen, <laughs> minus the defensive mm-hmm. linemen and Palomalu. Everybody else talked trash. Palomalu, you couldn't trash talk him. I tr- I don't know what year it was, but Troy hit me down the middle. And I did not fall. I probably got like five or six extra yards. And this is a true story. I walked up to him and I was like, Troy, you hit like a bleep, 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 bleep. And he mm-hmm. walks up to me and he was like, God bless you, TJ. I was like, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> never again. I never talked trash to Troy ever again, my, ever again. But yeah. The st- Does that make it? Does that make it worse? Because I, I was talking to Chris Long, who told me that Howie Long used to, on his way to the stadium on Sundays, always standardly listen to Sade, which I think would be like, <laughs> that would make it hurt worse. Like, wait, I just got dominated by a guy listening to Sade. It, it, is it make it hurt worse when the guy's like, God bless nah, you. I, got, uh, you TJ, just, I, hope. I just didn't talk trash <laughs> to him anymore. Like the rest of my career, when we played the Steelers. It was always going at the linebackers. Ike Taylor, <laughs> Tyrone Carter, Ryan Clark really didn't talk much trash either. He just played hard, but it was just uh, talking trash with the rest yeah. of them. Just not true. I had no Troy idea. Me. Mike, Michael Jackson played strong safety for the steel. God bless you. Dude, Is that it, really what? No, that's sorry. right. <laughs> sorry, Charlie. Troy yes. took the killing with kindness approach. I love that approach. It's where you're, you're so nice that you just, you, you kind of skate by, even if you don't really mean it. Yeah. But you know what? But it I sounded like he story. really mean it. <laughs> I've told that story to people that played with the Steelers with Troy, and they have said he's genuinely the nicest person they've ever really? met. So that's really him. Interesting. He's better. He's a better man than I. <laughs> yeah, all the right. <laughs> yeah. He is a sweetheart of a guy for real. Um, but you know what? As a Bengal and a Raven, I, I don't think there's any higher praise than I can give a uh, a football guy to say I like him, despite your affiliation <laughs> with both of those uh, franchises. Um, but in the here and now, Hoosh, if you got to choose as a free agent, which team do you think is more promising? Would you rather be a part of right now in the state of Ohio, the Bengals with Burrow and at least some promise there, or? The Browns, who appear to be a, a, you know, pretty close to complete roster, they've had some injuries, but I would think that the Browns should be halfway decent this year, but not based on the Week One performance. Uh, right now, me personally, being a wide receiver, I would prefer to play with the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just looking at the way Joe played that first game, it was his first game in the NFL, and he he wasn't. He didn't look nervous. He he didn't flinch. He he faced a really good defensive front in the Chargers. Secondary pretty good. And so, you know, Baker, he's been in the league a minute, and he has a dynamic receiver in OBJ. He can't even get him the ball. And so look, looking at how Joe played, I, I would rather play for the Bengals. And that's just not saying that because I, I played with Tinsley, but I would rather go with Tinsley. I almost think Baker not mm-hmm. finding Jarvis Landry is more of a concern. This guy had triple-digit receptions, and, you know, right there. Every year he's right there and, uh, before he came over to Cleveland. What are you thinking for Thursday night? Are you going with the kid? Is it – we discussed going on the road. Normally this would be a hopeless situation, a rookie quarterback first game on the road, but with no fans and being only a few hundred miles away, maybe he's got a little more of a shot than you would think. 
it, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for the Bengals because number one, the Browns they didn't lose; they got crushed, mm-hmm. and, and so they're, they're gonna be a little more attentive. They're, they're gonna pay attention to things that they probably didn't and they should have, considering they were playing the Ravens the first game. Um, it, it's not gonna be easy because the Browns have a roster, a very good roster of, of players that can pretty much beat anyone in the league. It's really going to come down to Baker Mayfield and can he get guys the ball? And if you look at it, in all of his starts, he's played very well against the Bengals. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's the thing that does concern me is he's had success to get the the Bengals. But I thought the Bengals off, I mean, defense, they're pretty good uh, Sunday. They played pretty good. But is it, they didn't have Pouncey. We're talking of the Chargers. Tyrod Taylor is more of a game manager than a guy that's going to really push the ball down the field. And so you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I do. I will say this. I do like the way the Bengals play. Um, I do see them having a shot. But as of now, I mean, because I'm torn, I don't know who would win. I'm going to say the Bengals because yeah. I, I, I'd be the homer for that. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns rolled them, and I would not be surprised if the Bengals eked out a, a close victory. You're right. Baker has had success against the Bengals. I think 10 touchdowns in the last three games. I heard you talking about with Rob Parker. Maybe, you know, it's funny, as a wide receiver, you wouldn't want to urge necessarily a team to run the ball more, but Kevin Stefanski had success running the ball in Minnesota, did it more than half, 50%. I think they ran top three teams in the league in terms of rush percentage versus pass percentage. Maybe just uh, rely on Chubb and Hunt more, right? Or do you want to see Baker light light it up? I want to see you do what makes you successful, what gives you the best chance of winning. And with Stefanski, it was, was that the offense he wanted to run or was that the offense Mike Zimmer made him run? Because, you know, Zimmer wants to run the ball. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know any coach that becomes a coordinator that says, oh, man, I just want to run the ball half the time. That's just not today's football. But Zimmer, hey, if you're going to be my offensive coordinator, we're going to be close to 50-50 or you're going to be up out of here like uh, Filippo. Right. And so he saw that and said, ah, he wants to run the ball 50-50. That's what I'm going to do. you got to do what's going to be successful. But if, if, if the Browns lose, in my opinion, they need to move OBJ or one of these running backs. If they lose to the Bengals tomorrow, they need to trade OBJ or one of their running backs, you you have to do something to make it easier for Baker Mayfield and not give him so many weapons. You would never think you would say that, but they might be thinking about doing that. Yeah. What could you get? What could you Boy, get? That's for a, an, oh, that's a really crazy is. What, what do you think you could even get for OBJ? A second round, a two at this point? Yeah, you can get a second round. Yeah. He's talented, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's talented. You can get a, you can get a second round pick. And if you look at the contracts that these guys get, this contract is uh, pretty good compared to what was happening lately. And so you get him with the quarterback, like this probably wouldn't happen. Him playing across from Devontae Adams and Green Bay. Oh, yeah. He, he, he would look like the OBJ from New York. And, and so it's just get him with a quarterback that will get him the ball. And all of a sudden he can play again. Because when you say the best receivers in the league, nobody brings his name up anymore. And it's because he's playing in Cleveland. You maybe could make a case that I know it's fantasy football style thinking, but Allen Robinson for Odell Beckham makes uh, makes plenty of sense from where I sit if they're both so disgruntled with their given spots. 
Um, it does appear, I don't want to overstate the importance of one week with the Browns. Maybe they'll get back into this thing, but it does appear like it's going to be Ravens and Steelers in the AFC North. What did you make? Are the Ravens that much better than the Steelers or based on what you saw? I mean, the Steelers defense is fast. It's greased lightning (laughs) out there. Can it match up with Lamar Jackson? And for that matter, can it match up with Patrick Mahomes and company? The Steelers are always going to be a problem for anybody when you're talking defensive side of the ball. That's what they do. They they play defense. It's just really weird. It doesn't matter who the coach is. Um, The Steelers are going to play defense. They're going to have two edge rushers that can really get after the quarterback. And it's just really weird. Every single year, that's what they do. Two guys on the edge. This year is going to be T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree. Um, in previous years, it was James Harrison and whomever else. They, that's just what the Steelers do. And so they're going to play defense. Can they compete with the Ravens? Yeah, they'll compete, but they'll lose. The, the Ravens are that good. I mean, they really are that good. We got our, They just went against the Giants team with a new head coach, new offense coordinator, second-year quarterback, and they couldn't really run the ball. Ricky left tackle, and so they, they couldn't do anything with the Steelers. And so I'm eager for the Steelers to play a team that's going to present problems for them. But if you look at their schedule, um, never in the NFL, but it's somewhat of a cakewalk right now. Yeah, we. I mean, we always want to do defensive matchups. Defense wins championships. But some of these offenses these years are so explosive. The Chiefs talked about the Ravens. And sorry, Dave, I don't know if anyone's afraid of Benny Snell back there. You know, like you're, you're going to have to score touchdowns. The Ravens are going to score in the 30s when they're clicking. They still haven't figured out their running game, really. Dobbins, once once Dobbins and Ingrams get uh, settled, they're going to be dynamite as, as good as last year. You know year. what the Steelers need? You know what the Steelers need to do? They need to get Chase Claypool more opportunities. Yeah. Period. He made the biggest play of the game, and you don't even try to get him the ball more. Yeah, I know he's a rookie, but you need to try to get him more opportunities because he's your that big guy that can get down the field, that can catch everything. Um, give him more opportunities because he made the play of the game, and you're like, okay, they're going to use him more, and he just disappeared. But how do you, I mean, I do think you're going to see him used in jet sweep action and everything with Matt Canna in there uh, helping with the offense. But I, I do think that that's what makes Joe Burrow's performance that much more um, surprising and impressive is that, uh, you know, every guy I've talked to in advance of the season said, if you're relying on rookies to make plays this year, given how wonky the offseason and training camp is, was. Um, you're expecting too much. How did Joe Burrow walk in there against Bosa Ingram and the rest of that very good defense, even without Derwin James, and put on a show like he did? Belief in himself. Um, I was a part of the group that helped getting ready. Um, Chase Claypool as well, so that's ah. why I see it out there. Um, ah. But it, it's just the confidence in yourself. And it, it, to me, self-belief and it is is more than anything else. Like physically, you can do it, but if you don't believe it mentally, it's going to be a challenge for you. And Joe believes that he's going to get it done mentally, but it also helps that he can do it physically. Um, it's going to take some time, but he has weapons on the offensive side of the ball. They need to sure up the right side of that offensive line, chip, give help, whatever it may be. Um, because if you recall the game, if Ross catches that ball, they probably win. If he doesn't over throw A.J. Green, he probably wins. If that P.I., which was a P.I. call, but he was being held prior to right. that, that they're never going to call for some reason. It's like, 
receivers were getting all the rules favored towards them. Now it's kind of gone the other way. Yep. You can't even touch a DB now. It's offensive pass interference. And so he had a chance, but it, it's his confidence, man. His self-belief in himself. You know, I used to think that too. I have a great belief in myself. And yet at the end of the day, it's just me screaming to my family about the dumb Geico commercials. So I don't know. I haven't made anything of it. Um, <laughs> TJ, Michael Thomas is out. I think we're going to miss him for three weeks. Uh, Saints uh, dynamite wide receiver. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, a lot of times, maybe, you know, like when you switch teams, it's tough. It doesn't necessarily translate. You were great with one team. You're great with the other, but Deandre Hopkins, 14, uh, 14 receptions. Sorry. Uh, last week, he's a dynamite receiver. Which wide receiver do you enjoy watching the most? I like all of them. Really? I'll, I'll tell you who I do like, and then I'll tell you, who I think is the best. Um, Hopkins is really good. Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams. Keenan Allen, Diggs, Thielen, Julio Jones. I mean, you can name it. Nobody says A.J. Green because he's been hurt. The same thing with OBJ. He hasn't had the production. But the, the way he's played the last couple of years, the best in the league right now is Mike Thomas. And people look at me and say, no, he's not. But the thing is this, you know he's not going deep. You know they're throwing him the ball pretty much every passing play. And he still eats and he still gets the job mm. done. I mean, it, that says something. You know a guy's running a short route, and you know the ball's coming to him, and you still can't stop him. And, and so for me, that that's a big loss uh, for the Saints. And with the Hopkins thing, man, they said, you know what? We paid him this. We don't feed him. Right. I mean, it literally, like, every pass play went to Hopkins uh, this past Sunday. Um, they, they were going to get a return on their investment this first game of the week, and, and they did. And the same thing with Devontae Adams. He's pretty much the only guy Aaron Rodgers has confidence in. Now, you did see – Valdez Scantley, he ate a little bit. He had a good game, yeah. and as well as uh, I can't even think of the other kid's name. Lazard for, uh, for Green Bay, is it? Lazard, yeah. yes, yes. And so Aaron Rodgers did look in their direction, but for the most part, when you're talking Devontae Adams, he's Aaron Rodgers' comfort. That that That's the guy he goes yeah. to in time of need. But it's so many good receivers, man. Like Monday night, if Jerry Judy catches those balls, he has a 100-yard game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he catches and that so third down so play, guys. and maybe they they stretch the uh, that possession, and they they beat the Titans. Doesn't even matter with the uh, the kicks anymore. Um, Boy, I, I'll tell you, we we talk about the Ravens and Chiefs as the two clear cut best teams in the AFC. In the NFC, it seems like there are so, there's a pack of six to eight really good teams, and it's hard to distinguish who's going to rise above the rest of them. You take Michael Thomas out of the mix there. I don't know why nobody talks about this. All the buzz is about, to, I, well, I guess because the Buccaneers lost the game, but coming out of that one, it was like Tom Brady looks 43. Boy, he does not look good. You know who else doesn't look good? Drew Brees, and you take Michael Thomas away from him. I wonder if the Saints are going to drop down a rung or two here in the next month here. Yep. Um, what, what do you think about, I mean, is Drew Brees that diminished or am I overstating it? The Bucks have a good defense. Block punt, muff kick, mm. pick six. That's how, that's how the Bucks lost the game. Yeah. Like, it was Tom Brady's first game. Like, I I believe the Bucks are going to be very good. I text, you know, Rob Parker, you know how he <laughs> is with Brady. And so he texts after the game, I told you so. He loves it. He was texting me too. It's I, crazy. They're, <laughs> I, the Bucks are going to turn it around. Brady's going to be Brady. Mark my words. Give them three games, and at the midway point, the Bucks will be at worst five and three, six and two, seven and one. But they're going to figure this out. They have too much talent. Brady can play. He won't make those mistakes again. That 
uh, interception to Mike Evans in the middle of the field, I guarantee they won't even run that play anymore. It won't be part of the playbook. If you really? can't tell me the difference between covers and cover quarters defense and cover two, they're going to take that out of the playbook. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a firm believer the Bucs are going to turn it around. It's one game. I'm not worried about it. I hope if you talk to anyone in New England, they would say, well, Brady never plays well in the first game anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. That- right. If it was New England, it would be like, oh, this is New England in September. They always start slow right. because he goes to Tampa Bay. It's and New England one. It's, oh, yeah. Belichick was the reason they were winning. That's what everybody is saying now. It's oh, going it to go game to game. Like if if the Pats lose one week and the Bucks win, it'll be that Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback. If. You know, the Bucks lose and New England wins. It was all Bills doing. Right. So it's just beautifully simple and predictable, and I love it. <laughs> uh, you and Rob, you brought up Rob Parker. Yes, he's loving this Brady stuff as long as it goes on. He's uh, he's happy. You guys are hosting a podcast on this network called the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. You're part of the Lemon Pepper Parlay Club. Um, it's an insane name for a podcast, but Rob, Rob uh, took to it. And uh, I I think it's his favorite flavored wings. And you guys are already betting wings on the games, right? You have like a a season long bet, I think for, I can't even remember what the bets are, but you're, you're betting like 10 and 20 wings against each other. He's going to (laughs) lose. And he, he knows he's going to, he hopes I forget about the bet. That's the thing. He hopes that I forget about it, but I will say this in our picks, this Pat, I went for it. You did. I, I picked the Bengals, and at the time, they were getting three and yep, a half. Yep. So I won that. I picked the Bears. I picked the Ravens. Like, I, I picked the Packers. Mm-hmm. So your boy, I went 4-0. So if people are listening, and they really they won money, 4-0 right there, we're, first week that's of the season. Amazing. So we're giving many out winners. Yeah, we're giving winners uh, all over the place on this podcast, on your podcast. I love TJ because he's one of the few. And TJ, you could tell there are millions of uh, ex-players who have gambled. But TJ is bold enough to admit that he's betting these games. He's in pools with his buddies at home, right? How is that going? You would, uh, we'd always talk about it every week. Yeah. This week, I, I didn't pick if I didn't pick my pick <laughs> that I picked on a podcast. So this week I went two, two and one. So I'm in, uh, I came in and tied for second place. The winner went four and one, right? We picked five games a week. Uh, yeah, I went two, two and one because I tied the Bengals game because that line was three instead of three and a half. Gotcha. Yeah, it's yeah. more fun beating up on your friends, right, than anything else? Yeah, a lot more fun because <laughs> I talk trash constantly. Yeah, yeah, you don't have Troy Palomalo in your league. You're okay. Oh, I wish we had. I, I Were you mic'd up for any of those games against Ike Taylor? Because I would pay handsomely. I would pay more than you paid for that terrible towel to the guy in the elevator to, to hear the sound from that we, one. That, we would go at you, it. We, I, I'm not because Ike Taylor is not a punk. And so <laughs> we would go, yeah, we would go. It would, it would like almost think like we're probably gonna fight after the game type of stuff. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, knowing two four, I think uh, he shares that sentiment. And I wonder if you guys went face to face now, how you guys would get on. Um, speak up on behalf, uh, Hoosh the Beaver. Is uh, the Pac-12 gonna get in on this action now that the Big Ten's back? I believe they're if they're smart, they will. I, I don't. If everybody is playing. Pac-12, why are you not playing? Like, I, I don't understand it. Um, I'm working with guys today, worked with guys Monday that play in the Pac-12 or are prominent players in the Pac-12. They want to play. And, and so they all left school. And they yesterday, Monday, we we're training. It's like, oh, I think we got to leave uh, this weekend because we're probably going to play. And so whether they do or they don't, if 
every Power Five conference is playing Pac-12. Figure it out. Like, figure it out and let these kids play football. And the ones that don't want to play, they don't have to play. But the majority do. So let them play football. Figure it out. See, I disagree. I think the ones that don't want to play should have to absolutely play. No, no, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. No, let it be up to the kids. Uh, TJ, thanks for jumping on Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. I think you're recording that tomorrow or third. What's the, I don't even know what the hell. To tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. Beautiful. They service the Midwest football games. They talk about all the games. They bet wings. It's terrific. Thank you for joining us. 4-0, Sal. 4-0 week one, baby. Keep it going, buddy. And I hit my parlay, baby. 4-0 with the parlay of the Bears and the Ravens. That's all you need to know. I love it. I also need to know why the whistles are going off. Uh, in the back. Are you by a practice field, or is there a neighbor in turmoil or something? No, I haven't been on my computer in a couple oh. of days. So when I open up the computer, all the emails just kind of oh, come Oh, they come in in a whistle? I didn't. It's not even a ding. It's a whistle. I didn't know that you could do that. It, no, it's actually a ding. Oh. It might just sound like a whistle to you. Oh, it right. sounds <laughs> like a whistle. I, I was love like, it. do you have film going? Are you like watching tape I know. as we do? No, it's it's just a ding. And I'm not tech savvy at all. So I don't know how to turn it off. So <laughs> <laughs> TJ, <laughs> I barely got, I, I had planned on changing my background. Somebody showed me how to do it. Yeah. And then I get on a computer and I forget how to do it. So my background <laughs> is what it is. There you Dave go. Dave will teach you. Yeah. Hey, Hoosh, before you go, real quick, what? who's your favorite Disney princess? <laughs> uh, I would say Moana because that's my kids. There you go. There you go. My there kids go. like it, so one. I like it. My kids like it. I love it. You missed it. Dave just did 40 minutes on uh, the, the hypocrisy of Disney princesses, but we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it out to you. Um, all right, TJ, thanks for joining us. Dave Damashek's at Damashek. Uh, Charlotte at the Wilder Things, right? Yes, sir. Beautiful. And yeah, like I said, you can catch TJ on the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast 4-0 this week. And that'll do it for us. We're going to be back Friday with our big parlay, the extra points for extra pay. And just a reminder, you may all feel like underdogs, but remember, you're all my favorites. See you Friday. Friday.